1: plushcare.com slash weight loss
0: welcome along to the rocky road boxing podcast with me your host kevin byrne today we're joined by a man who's living his dream before our very eyes emmett brennan fought for ireland at the olympic games in tokyo during the summer of 2021 after that, he chose to turn pro, but opportunities were few and far between as he moved to America to make his name. That led to a spell in the doldrums, to say the least. But Brennan has come home and put his days of drinking and gambling in the rearview mirror, given his overwhelming desire to succeed in boxing. He secured an ambitious management team under former world champions Darren Parker and Joe Calzaghe, and it's led to a slot on Katie Taylor's undercard on November the 25th. Taylor's second crack at undisputed world light welterweight champion, Chantel Carmen should be a humdinger. But for me, the fight tonight could take place much earlier when Jamie Morrissey of Limerick defends his B.U.I. Celtic light heavyweight belt against the bold Mr. Brennan in what will be just his second fight in the paid ranks. It'll take place one kilometer from his house and the 32-year-old has been running past the three arena most days as he puts in the roadwork, dreaming of his big night in the capital. I'm delighted to say that Emmet and his manager, former world champion Darren Barker, Join us on today's show. I'll throw the first uh, question to you, Darren. What was what was it about this hugely driven Olympian with a pro style that made you want to sign him? Uh,
1: persistence on Emmett's part. <laughs>
0: it's driving me mad. <laughs>
1: uh, nah. Um, Did he send you a spreadsheet? It was. Um, I think the the initial conversation, seeing and hearing how driven he was, and I found it kind of remarkable that an Olympian was kind of sat on the shelf, you know, gathering dust, if you like, and I couldn't get my head around it. I thought, what's a man with this talent, with those amateur credentials, not busy, not fighting? And, um, yeah, I haven't spoken to him, and I shouldn't give him too much of a big head because he's here now, but um, he's a great lad understands the dynamics of the sport i don't just mean from a bu- boxing aspect i mean the sort of the, the stuff that goes on behind closed doors he gets it and that makes my job a bit easier and funny enough i'm i'm no longer managing anymore so emmet is my sole fighter he is the only fighter i manage uh far too busy with other stuff in my life and i don't feel i can give a uh, stable of fighters. My 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 all and that's not fair. Fighters deserve every second of your every day. Um and I just couldn't do that to others. But Emma is on the Katie Taylor card that you mentioned, that huge rematch. And I just I'm I'm buzzing. I'm really looking forward to it. You know the whole reason that me and Joe Kazagi got into the management in the first place um before our busy lives stops us from doing it, was because we missed the the buzz, we missed the the you know the the glory that comes with competing and, and fighting. So the next best thing for us was to you know support and help fighters so we can get on that buzz. You know I I think I'd managed for I don't know best part of uh, well over a year and I've not made one penny from it, but it's about the the journey, the buzz that. I love, I love. And yeah, you know, going back to the original question, Emmett is very passionate and he wants to get a move on, he, you know. Um, he, and I think that's very evident with his second fight being for a title. And it's going to be, it's going to be a very entertaining ride. I mean, I thought, what is it, Emmett? 640 tickets or something he sold in a day. In a yeah, day. like we... We done really, really well on tickets. Like we got we got our tickets and I think they were gone within twenty-four hours and I shouldn't really be saying this. I've actually sold a few few old Jamie Morris's tickets. So what happened was you got a ticket link and you got like five hundred or six hundred tickets on the ticket link and I'd sold all mine out and at the time Matrium weren't giving us any more tickets and I had like 30 the 40, 40 people coming to me and I was like look, oh, I was checking all the other fighters links because I was like I'm fighting this fella. I don't want to give him any money. I don't want to sell tickets for him. So I was checking the other fighters and I couldn't find any tickets on their link. And I went on to his manager, I had the ticket link up. Uh, Ian and had the up and I went on to that and it looked like there was at least 50 tickets left on it. So I was like, grand. Shouldn't really be selling his tickets for him, but I sold about 40 or 50 tickets for him. Um, so that brought me up to like over 600. Then we got 50 more last week. I have like 25 of them left off this morning, but they'll be gone in the next week. So um yeah, tickets have been flowing out.
0: That's glad. And does does Jamie get a financial benefit from you doing his salesman? Yeah,
1: yeah. He, pr- he probably he probably <laughs> does. He does. Like <laughs> I I was I was so reluctant to do it, but like I had no choice. Like I really, really didn't want to do it. I was checking every other option and I was getting on to Darren saying. Can you get his tickets put into my account and obviously that was a non-runner so um i just have to accept the what i was and yeah i got rid of i think i got at least a, like toward your his tickets possibly 40 to 50. um it's just something i have to accept um look you can keep the money but he's not winning come november 25th um How's your working relationship
0: been with uh, with Darren so far and Joe?
1: Yeah, so like, for me, working with Darren, um, It was a lot of Tommy Davis that put me and Darren in touch with each other. Tommy Davis is the Bahrain national coach now. He was a GB coach up until maybe 2017, 2018. A great guy. I just know him through the amateur circuit. And um, strangely enough, the morning that, Tony, Paul, myself and Darden in touch with each other. I was about to sign with another manager and just the gut instinct when I went to meet the manager, I was like, no, this isn't right. Um, And look, we've mentioned my age, my my age has been mentioned a good few times. Um, So like, I was like, at 31, 32, I'm not accepting something that doesn't feel right. And I walked away from the other manager. Again, there was nothing wrong with what he was doing. It was just my gut feeling and didn't um didn't really I didn't want to I didn't want to sign him, just to be honest. So then literally I only got back to the house and within an hour, Tony Davis had text me, asked me why I'm not going pro yet. It's like a year post Olympics, a year and a half. And he eventually put me in touch with Darren. So I, I think I flew over to we had a phone call. I flew off to London like two weeks later. Um, and yeah, I think we just got each other straight away. Um, so he's mentioned there that he's not managing the other players that he had anymore. Um, they're a lot younger than me. They probably I'm not saying they didn't get the game because I don't know what his relationship was like with those guys, but we just hit it off straight away. I would like to think, although he says I was quite persistent with him. I would like to think I do make his job a little bit easier than what it would normally be because he said I know the business. I don't know it inside out, but I'm trying to learn all the time. Um I understand that Darren can he can open certain doors for me, but he can only open them doors if I'm doing the work in the background, like get me name out on the likes of this podcast, other interviews, really developing a bit of a profile in Ireland and I want to see me fight. Because as he said when he was talking about me there earlier, how can an Olympian after the after the games be sitting on the sideline and not fighting? So that we there is a good want for me to fight. Um, I've got a small bit of a profile oh, mentioned in the intro there, the professional style. You know when you're going to see Emma Brennan, you're going to see a good fight. You're going to see a war. So you gel all that together with mine and Darren's relationship. And as you said, um, this should be an exciting few years for both of us.
0: Some people, uh, when managing a fighter, Darren, like it's all about maybe the personality, the skills can be worked on it. Or if it comes as a package, if someone's got... The skills, then they can work up work on the personality. You know, like they don't necessarily all go hand in hand. How do you feel? Where do you feel Emmett needs to work? I suppose he just needs to get sharp. He just needs to be active in boxing. He's got a a good personality, as we've seen, to to open doors in in the media and stuff in the, in the business side of boxing. Um, yeah, activity, no, I
1: suppose. Form, yeah, first and foremost, I think from a from a a personality side of things, I think people are very shrewd now, and they know if you're not being real they know if you're being a bit of a fraud and i think the most important thing to be uh, as a fighter is yourself and i think there's there's no need to put on a an alter ego because i think people see through it don't get me wrong there are people out there that are very flamboyant and that's who they are and great they are brilliant for boxing you know they're 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 like marmite you either love them or you hate them but in Emmett's Uh, sense. uh, He's an intelligent man. He's switched on. He's smart and, um, and very well supported. So I don't think you need to be screaming and chatting and doing this and doing that, pretending you're someone you're not. So I think that's what he will do so well, I think, is just being himself. I can't see him ever you know, if I can start wearing a mask or something and doing something silly, you know, <laughs> yeah. or wearing a mankini or something, I can't imagine doing anything like that. But And I think as far as boxing is concerned, I think it's important that it keeps improving and learning and that you never stop learning. I'm still learning and I'm not competing anymore. And I think it's very important that you're all ears all the time and you try and master this trade, which nobody ever has nobody's mastered it you can even look at Mayweather there's still things that he could have done I guess and he looks back and says I could have done this could have done that but you've always got to be like I say you've got to be all ears and just I mean it's so important getting under those bright lights in front of thousands of people because you can know all you want about boxing things change when you're uh, you've got that bit of pressure on you and uh, all those eyes are on you it's um. It's, you know, it can get tough. But it's, e- it's easy it makes, to look good in the gym, there. Yeah. yeah, but it makes the winning that much better. All of those, all of those hardships, the training, the pressure, everything—it it just makes the glory that much greater. That's why it's the greatest sport in the world. I mean, look, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here. Boxing has always stood the test of time. There's been highs, there's been lows. If I take you back to when Muhammad Ali would have retired, I'm assuming there would have been a real low in boxing. But then all of a sudden, Mike Tyson comes along and then, you know, he retires, then it drops off a little bit. So it always goes in waves, but boxing is just fantastic. And I'm so pleased that Emmett is a part of something. And who knows, he could be a future star one day. Yeah, I was wondering, I'd like to get both of your takes on this, because like, where
0: is boxing right now? Because... The sport seemingly has been in a good place of late. Uh, you know, high-profile fights and stuff like that. But I, th- I know I'm. I know I've spoken to a lot of fans who've been dedicated supporters of the sport for a long time who are getting a bit fed up with maybe crossover fights, misfit fights, YouTubers. You know, a lot of a lot of people getting popped for doping at the minute, um, and there seems to be a bit of a sideshow creeping in where there are legitimate fighters not really getting their opportunities, and there probably are. There are good fighters getting their opportunities too, but maybe just aren't getting the attention then as well. So, like, where do you sit on that, Emmet? Like, where is boxing at the minute? I know I saw a post from the other day saying, "Don't sleep on these MMA guys. A lot of them can compete in boxing." But the the sport itself, do you are you encouraged by the by the future it has, or do you think it's maybe going down the toilet a bit?
1: And um, no, it's definitely not going down the toilet. Just as Darren said, there like it comes and waves. And um, I suppose looking at it from a fighter, you have to go with the times. If you're not building a profile right now, you're falling behind. If you're not getting your name out there, you're falling behind. So it's up to the fighter or the athlete to accept that the sport is changed and the dynamics of it is changing. Like you look at social media, it has a huge, a huge part to play in boxing right now. And you could literally get opportunities on big shows through social media. Imagine even thinking of that ten years ago. Ten, twenty years ago, it was down to Predominantly being a big performer, and I suppose your your following came from people in your area, or people from your community. Now you have the opportunity to get involved with so much many more people. So, like for instance, when I came back from the Olympics, if that was twenty 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 years ago, there's no such thing as social media. So the only people that really need, see you are really um. Have a grasp of what you're doing post-olympics it's the people from our community but now you have this sort of online um personality where you can just get seen with so many more people and as i said there if you're not getting involved in that and if, if you're not buying into it you are falling behind as because, a lot of people
0: don't a lot of people don't
1: yeah a lot of people are sort of still old-fashioned and look it's not everyone's game like no one really wants me in front of the camera trying to sell stuff but what's the other alternative you fall behind if you get involved with the whole social media following thing you could get an extra 50 tickets or something per foot an extra 50 tickets say per foot at a 100 euro ticket is five euro it's like by not getting involved in the likes of that and not trying to build your profile and build yourself as a fighter um just falling behind so yeah it's up to it's up to the boxer to to step up to the mark and get involved with that because it's it's not going to stop you've got to play the way it's the way it's going forward i'll put
0: put it it to you like this actually and your managers they're sitting in the other shot fought sergio martinez because of a tweet isn't that right there and i read it in um,
1: that's correct yeah that's correct. I mean, on hindsight, I wish I didn't text him back, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is the power of social media now. Um, it can open a lot of doors, it can cr- create a lot of revenue um, if used correctly. I think I said it there, you've got to move with the times, things change. Um, boxing has always stood the test of times. It is going through a bit of a, a rough patch, I would say. Uh we need some new authentic stars to come through. Um all this doping um foul test isn't great, but it will come good. It will come good. I'm not saying it's bad, but it will uh there will be some real hires um in in not in the in the near future for sure. And hopefully Emmett can be a part of some of those.
0: Yeah, um, I was wondering what what are your short term and long-term goals together? I guess short term, we're right there. You know what I mean? You've got to Win and probably look good doing so against Jamie Morrissey at the three rein. But what are your short-term goals maybe in the next 12 months and then ahead of your goals in the next year or two maybe? I'll ask both of you that question.
1: Yeah, so for me, obviously, right now my main focus is just on Jamie Morrissey. A good win here and a win in good cool fashion. This is the biggest show Ireland has probably seen in the last 15 years. Kate Hayler has never been, gone into a fight um, coming off the back of a loss. So... This is a huge show and there's going to be a lot, a lot of media attention around it, a lot of social media attention that we just talked about there. So a good win here and like a win inside the distance really boosts my profile here. And um, I suppose if you had to look post um, November 25th, I'm sorry, Darren, I'm already looking at a fight date there in four to six weeks. So I'll be honest about that in the next hour. Um, so I'm them tell you. I'm always looking at shows especially in New York and I'm like try to get me on this show try to get me on this show I want to move quick um, I've no time really to waste ideally if I can get a fight within four weeks of um, November 25th I will take it straight away um, and then post that I want the winner of Kevin Crow and Grayson McCarty for the Irish title once you get that you're top 15 in Europe um, and then from there, it's just about climbing, climbing the rankings. We want to move fast, but so not fast and stupid and naive. It's just about moving in the right direction and taking the right fights at the right time. But yeah, in the next year, Celtic title, Irish title, and just moving up the rankings.
0: Uh, I was going to say that Darren's just dropped off the line there. I was going to say to, yeah. him, I can see how you've made his job easy for him when you planned it all he- out like that.
1: Yeah, I'm always looking. So when he comes back on, he will tell you, "I'm I'm texting right, get in touch with this manager, get in touch with this promoter." There's a show here, there's a show there. It's probably why he's kept me because I'm looking, I'm looking ahead, and there's a show that I'm looking at today, looking at there in December. So um, four weeks after uh, Taylor Cameron too is
0: yeah potentially
1: yeah. Fury music, but uh, that's oh no, it's not it's not that. Um, so we'll sell big tickets in New York sell a lot of tickets in New York. As I said, I went over there and I done I done all the groundwork with meeting people and getting the right connections and going around the gala community, the the football clubs, the pubs, unfortunately I had a bit of a bad time there, but um the connections were made. So that's still in the plan. Um I don't want to look back at my career and have regrets. And I know if I don't explore New York at least for one or two fights, I will look back and I'll have regrets. So I have big dreams of I think I can get a huge following behind me in New York. We've talked about the the fighting style there. We talked about I'm, I'm in the pocket. I'm, I'm in great fights. You see me fighting in the National Elite. There's no fight that I've ever been in in the stadium that hasn't been good. If I can bring that style into the professional game, into New York, In front of all these Irish people that are so far away from home, I can't do anything but sell tickets. And then you add into it that I don't mind getting out there and promote myself. I don't mind going around the pubs, going around the gala clubs, getting involved with the Irish community. It's only going to lead to massive ticket sales. And I'm not talking about massive ticket sales as in five or 600. We're going to do well over a thousand tickets in New York. I've been talking to people over there, and they're very, very confident of that. New York's an intriguing place. So sorry, I keep dipping. Out. No worries. I keep ma'am. dipping in and out of the Wi-Fi. It's very, very annoying. But, um, but for me personally, as a manager, I think the most important thing for Emmett is to be busy. He's got to be active, and I expect the phone to be ringing. I'm hoping that I can get to him before he gets to me with a fight. <laughs> you know, I think in my head. It is about getting Emmett to ten and O as quick as possible, because once you're at ten and 0, you can that really starts. Um, you can really start pushing for bigger titles, creeping up those rankings. Obviously, with each fight, and I think ten and O with that amateur pedigree behind him, you're not too far off challenging for decent titles, whether they're international or domestic um and you know saying that emmett understands the game is is very true because look this is a massive show that emmett's on next but not every single show early on is going to be a big one i think emmett's debut proves that and there may be a case that he has to go back on a small hall show but it's about getting that record up getting the numbers up getting the rounds it doesn't matter what show you're in what you eventually you're going to be on these big shows you keep winning you're going to be on these big shows you're going to be fighting for titles so just keep fighting activity is so important at the end of the day this is Emmett's job he's a professional boxer he's got to be fighting he's got to be earning so you've got to put your uh put your ego to one side i think sometimes which a lot of young fighters don't seem to be able to do and just fight on any card, fight on any card that you are given the opportunity mm. to do so. Get to ten and zero, and then right, come on, let's do this, let's do that. So, that's my goal. Having spoken to Emma previously in the past, like given his age, thirty-two,
0: you know, n- not twenty-two, you know, are you are you in a position where you're going to be feeling like it's it, you want to hurry or you want to take risks earlier? I know Emma wants to take risks and and t- you know take big fights. Fighting Morrissey in his second fight, like hats off to that one as well. But how do you feel about that?
1: it's no, yeah, I mean, still look, plenty of time I'm not, I'm not gonna be slinging him in with do you know what i mean uh, in his next fight but i'm conscious that time waits for no man and we want emmett to to be fighting which fighting in his prime years and he's probably there now he'd like to be probably 10 and 0 at this age or beyond that but look he's 32 let's let's push him on a little bit f- faster than we would usually, but not overmatch him. you still got to be sensible. We've still got to be switched on. Um, but Emmett t- ticks a lot of boxes. He's a very good fighter. He's all action, like he says. He's got a fan-pleasing style, and he's very popular. So to to come by a is not going to be difficult for him. Um, but, you know, I'm. We heard Eddie say this. Um, Eddie Hearn say this a couple of weeks ago uh, at the press conference for Linares-Catral. He wants people to entertain now. He doesn't want people standing building, back. Building and fights are over as well. And yeah, and coasting yeah, to wins. He doesn't want to see that anymore. And luckily for Emmett, that's his style anyway. So it's like I say, it's going to be a very exciting journey. Emma, you've been yeah. um, you've been
0: happy to talk about like some of the situations in your life which have held you back, like you know a reliance on gambling, drinking too much, and you did take it a good few years away from the sport in your twenties as well. Do you feel that makes you like physically a young thirty-two-year-old? You got lo- you got loads more to give.
1: Yeah, look, the age is brought up all the time. I do not feel towards detail. I don't think I look to to be honest forty-two. Um, Yeah, yeah. Like I like I don't I don't feel it. Like you talk about like I go back to the eight to ten months post Olympics. I was only thinking about it today. I was like, I don't even know who I was for them eight to ten months. Like I was just drinking every day. I turned into a completely different human being. Now, if I was feeling the way I was feeling then, I'd say, Yeah, I feel twenty five, I feel twenty six but I just feel like Feel like i haven't even hit me prime i genuinely there was only time to fill up my coach there the other day like we are getting back to where we were pre-olympics so we're starting to really really sharpen up so before the debut we only had three weeks out of um, preparation for that i think we had two spires and to be honest oh i was dog shit. i was terrible i was really really bad but you got to take the debut when it comes up considering the age and the lack of inactivity. So we needed to take that. But right now, we are getting to where we were pre-Olympics. There's still probably another 15, 20, 25% in me. So I don't feel like I've hit my prim- prime yet. Um, we went off as far the likes of Callum Smith. Now we the likes of Cottle Cowley and a few others. Um, the sparring partners are getting better all the time, but that's only going to make me better put into put that with the full time training. Like I'm doing 10 training sessions a week. I am I'm training at an elite level. My numbers in the gym, strength wise are going up, my fitness is getting better. I'm getting sharper. So in terms of hitting my peak, I don't think I've hit that yet.
0: Darren and so if, if he is hitting his peak and there's oh yeah, there's there's only so many opportunities out there. I just regarding your your managerial like links and style I guess. Are you like you'd be associated with Eddie Hearn? Obviously, finish your career, latter half of your career was with Eddie Hearn, got big opportunities there. You know, you've done the commentary for the zone. I was only listening to you at the weekend there as well. And um, are, are most of Emmett's opportunities going to come on Hearn slash the zone cards, or is he are you free to kind of go anywhere for for a
1: good offer? Yeah, for fight? Uh, I would, I just want to keep Emmett as busy as possible. I would ideally like him to be fighting a match on cards because I know him, I trust him. He's the best promoter in the world without a shadow of a doubt. That's not me just saying it because he's my boss. But, you know, if Emmett Emmett will fight on Saturday the 25th, he'll be paid on Monday. Um, (laughs) A lot of these promoters out there don't work the same as that. And uh, if anyone deserves to get paid, it's a fighter. But, yeah, I know them. They're they're a good outfit. But, like I say, he's got to be busy. So if we have to go elsewhere, which we will have to, um then so be it for
0: instance uh, like at uh, one streams, dreams he was saying there i think you were just off the line for a second is is to have an assault on new york to have a crack in new york and yeah coming up later this month you've got callum walsh from county cork who's fighting in new york at the the guard, madison square garden theater tom loffler is putting that on i think dana walsh or yeah
1: from, from What's UFC. the date?
0: Is it eleven nah, to the It's It's before November. November. Yeah,
1: it's before it's before the fight. I might have the end of it. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I, wonder, yeah. I wonder if it's, we can get you on there though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm there's opportunities in New York, real. but you
0: or maybe the bella might be putting something on. Like it, you do you do have that freedom,
1: obviously, yeah. to, to work with other promoters than than her. And and, and, and yeah, yeah uh, and I will, you know, yeah. certainly. I know he has a real aspiration to fight in New York, and I have a an aspiration of Managing a fighter fighting on Madison Square at Madison Square Garden. That would be a dream of mine. So um I will push for that as hard as Emmett wants that. So um certainly that's in both of our plans for yeah. sure. Darren, it, we ne-
0: we never got to see you in the uh the all the Irish, British uh quartet, Martin Murray, Macklin, Andy Lee. We saw Maravilla against three of you, all right. Anne, yeah but we didn't get to see yours. Um do you, do you still do you still get asked about that all the time? That after the four kind of the four fights that didn't happen effectively.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, um, but it's funny. Am I gutted that they didn't happen? No, but would I have liked them to happen? Yeah, of course I would have. Yeah. But it just some things don't happen. Aren't meant to be. The stars didn't align. You know, I was I was slated to fight Matthew Macklin twice. I pulled out once he pulled out once for injury or whatever it was, and just wasn't meant to be, you know, nobody ducks anyone. It just whether it be promotional outfits or whatever the the politics of boxing, you hear that word all the time, just played a part and the fight's never happened. Would fought, I like,
0: Yeah, he obviously fought Andy Andy in and the amateurs um, and there was links about a pro fight. And I know he fought in your undercard. When you fought Sergio Martinez, he had his yeah. second, He had his win over Brian Vera as well. Uh. Yeah. But in one of his best performances i'm sure you'd obviously work with andy on the zone of the three fighters which do you think would have been your best style wise maybe you and macklin possibly or so that was
1: that could have been a tasty one yeah it would have been good like you're always going to back yourself aren't you? i, I think oh you know i think i would have beaten them all as the others would have said that as well i mean it'd be crazy not to say it. but yeah that would have been a fiery encounter for sure um yeah, Emma, what do you reckon?
0: Yeah. Who who wins? Uh, Barker against uh, Andy Lee? of
1: me, but, manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but well, he beat me in the amateurs, didn't he? So it's one 0 Andy Lee. it'll, it'll always be one 0 Andy. Um, I, do you know what though? I I cannot speak highly enough of that man. What a what a gentleman, what a servant to boxing he's been as a fighter and as a coach. And um, yeah, I'm happy and proud to call Andy a friend of mine. Uh, Emma,
0: on like a different, like a different kind of scale, a smaller scale, obviously, because you know these fighters, like you know Barker and Lee, won world titles, and Macklin and and Murray, you know, fought for them on multiple occasions. But like, there's a super middleweight scene in Ireland. Would you be determined to fight them all, Kev Cronin, Greg McCarthy, Tommy Hyde? There's some great fights there.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. As I mentioned here earlier, I want to get this Celtic title now, November twenty fifth. My next fight, if it's not. In December, I want to be to be for the Irish title Um so I want to have the Celtic and the Irish title. We're in three or four fights. For me, wanting to move on, again, without <laughs> being disrespectful to these lads, I think I'm well above domestic level um, and we'll see that on November 25th. I think I'm I'm just too experienced for these guys, technically too good for them, too strong for them. And that's all I'm on the domestic scene. Um, Tell Once us about, you that... before,
0: you, before you move past Morrissey there, tell us about what to expect from him. Uh, what do you think the dangers are coming and why you're so confident you can beat him?
1: No matter which way this fight goes, I beat him. If it's long range, I'll hunt him down and I'll get rid of him. If he, if he wants to go mid the short range, he's just playing right into my armour. I'll get him out of there. If he wants to go toe-to-toe, I'm defensively too good for him. Um, and you look historically, all my good wins were against tall lads. Thomas O'Toole, Paul McCullough, um, the Swiss lad in the Olympic qualifiers. All these lads were six foot two, six foot three. That's my dream. Oh. My dream is six foot two, six foot three lads. of have historically fought Stephen Broadhorse in the 2017 and uh, national league final. He might All say these, to you, he
0: might say to you that that was the that was the amateurs. This is the pros, and he's got it. He's fought lots of unbeaten fighters at this stage and come through the tests.
1: Really, like, yeah. So he's fought different. Kevin Cronin who has never won a norris title. Again, I'm not being disrespectful here. I'm just calling facts. Kevin Crounion wasn't the like, technically. He's not. He's not up at that high standard of a level. Again, not being disrespectful, just calling and spade and yeah. spade. Well, Kev said he's a late developer as well, isn't he, Kevin? But um,
0: nevertheless, yeah.
1: Late developer, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, <laughs> if you want to call a late developer, just call it a spade a spade here and be honest. No, absolutely. These lads, these lads could, could not compete at this level because they technically weren't good enough. Me being 100% honest. So, yeah, you're beating these guys, but these guys at an elite level. Yeah, and Kev call it a spade a spade. It is what it is. Now, what they do have is the gutsy. They got a good set of balls, and they go for eight or ten rounds, and that's a big part of the program. You got to be able to go for eight rounds. You got to able to dig deep when it gets tough, and these guys can do that, and that can sort of make up for your lack of experience or your lack of technical ability. But I can also do that. Go that on November twenty fifth. I got,
0: I do get the sense from every time I speak to you, Emmett, that you're willing to like lay it down to be successful. I'm sure yeah, that I'm, you sense that. So.
1: Yeah, I'm being a hundred percent honest here. I'm, I'm by well, no way am I being disrespectful. I'm just saying it exactly how I say it. Now, look, this fella is tall, rangy. He could make the fight a little bit off if I round it two, but I'm eventually gonna get him. Um as I said, I am really, really sharpening up. My confidence is sky high. I know there might be a moment or two in this fight where I have to dig deep, and I'm willing to do it. That's why I'm training the way I'm training. I'm not overlooking I'm not overlooking in any way. Um, I'm making sure I do the, the hard work and training. and that's what the preparation is making me more confident. Darren, is he a difficult guy to motivate? <laughs> you wouldn't think so, would you? Um, no, nice. he's. He's confident, and rightly so. I think mean, you don't become an Olympian. The European qualifying uh, stages are so difficult, I don't think many people out there understand how tough it is to qualify for the Olympics. It really, really is tough. And to call yourself an Olympian is is a, a real, as a real, you know, is a real stature to to have by your name. You know, it's one thing that I'm gutted that I can never say. I can never say I was an Olympian. I'd love to be able to say that. So he's every right to be confident. A lot mm-hmm. of learning to do still, but uh, you know, everyone, uh, learning their trade is in the same boat. So yeah, and I, I was on the Energy show yesterday and Jamie Morris, he was on it as well. And he was talking about the pressure is on me at Jimmy hometown. I'm on front of 600 ticket sellers that I sold tickets to, I fought in the box off go to the Olympic, to go to the Olympic games. That was 20 years of my life it took me to get to that stage. All on the line, three rounds. That's real pressure. That's real pressure. Where you have to win at least two or three rounds in a fight that decides whether your lifelong dream has come true or not. That's pressure. And I came true that. The experience of having that in, in the back of my mind going into this fight, that's invaluable.
0: Darren, which fights from your career do you look back at and think, how did I not buckle under that pressure or something? Because there was some big nights, wasn't there? And, you know, the the pressure you probably put yourself under to win as well for those who are no longer with us and, you know, stuff. You put pressure on yourself and you fight for a cause and win it. Like, defeat is not an option but at the same time, you don't get to choose what happens. You just have to power through.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think the most nervous I've ever been in my life was walking for the Gill fight because I knew it was my last crack, you know, it was my last chance. If I would lost that fight, I never would have fought again, and I wouldn't have fulfilled mine and my brother's dream of becoming a world champion. Um, I, You know, funny enough, when I fought Martinez, who was a feared man at the time, I wasn't that nervous, really. But when I look back at my career, I have a lot of regrets because uh, re- regards that fight, because I feel if I would have believed in myself more, I'm not saying I could have beaten him, but there was there was more I could have given in that fight. And that irritates me. Um, it does wind me up now, but everything happens for a reason, you know. It was uh redemption, it was bittersweet going back to Atlantic City and fulfilling my dream. No victory was as sweet as that one, you know, with the nerves and the pressure that I put on my own back going into that fight was uh we yeah, had made the win that much special
0: it was incredible the way you came back from the knockdown as well to like you know wincing from the pain everybody watching it on telly this side of the atlantic kind of going ah it could feel the body shot you know it could feel it and then the way yes. you came back to to take the victory
1: it wasn't very nice i still feel it now um although but... I can,
0: there's a fight to happen on one of your undercards that uh was even more of a like a, a more disturbing injury, and that guy came back to win as well. I think it was on on a, one of your undercards in twenty ten that Audley Harrison came back to beat uh, Michael Sprott.
1: Yeah.
0: Didn't he have a dislocated shoulder or something, or did he? Did he have a? I
1: can't remember. If that, I mean, I remember we What's... fought uh, on the same car. but. Oh Danny Williams. Yeah, sorry. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I thought he
0: he locked oh, the shoulder was, against. That was
1: him. yeah. That was Danny Williams. I was saying that. All right, yeah, yeah, okay. My, uh, yeah, no, that's now that's young he was on the undercard. All the and of Michael Sprott did fight uh on the same show as me. So you yeah. you you get half a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I just wanted to ask you about uh super middleweights, uh, obviously, because Kalzagi is um your business partner and uh you made your debut on a Froch, Carl Frosch card. So you know you you know all these guys, and then uh, obviously I know uh, that Boxed out the same amateur club as Steve Collins, and then we've Eubank and Ben. Like th- these are like the, super middleweight, such a prestigious division. And uh, Emmett's looking to make some noise in there. What qualities do you think uh, Emmett could take from those those great fighters? And who, who's he mo- maybe most similar to? Possibly Collins himself.
1: I would say Steve Collins, yeah, for sure. That uh, you know, high tempo, high energy, no nonsense approach to a fight. Exactly what Emmett's like. Um, but taking uh, an element, a component away from each fighter. I mean, the speed of Joe Calzaghe, um, the, the, I mean, Joe had a, a great chin also. But I was about to say the chin of Carl Froch, the physical strength, and the the no nonsense, never die attitude of Steve Collins. I think if you can put those three in a pot and and you know. Shake it off. Yeah, you know, I think you're you're going to come up with a very good fighter. Um, But I think Emmett's not doing too bad in each department himself, you know. You can't. Look, Emmett, every time we speak on the phone, what do I say? I'm going, speed, speed, speed. Speed, speed, speed. Like, I can't stress to any fighter, a young fighter who may be listening to this, you cannot be fast enough. Your hands need to be fast. Your feet need to be fast. You react. Need to be faster. They will take you from level A to, you know, sorry, from level B to level A. They will take you through the, the leagues. Uh, it's so important to be fast um, that that will really will make the difference. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to see Emmett quickening up in every department. But that's not saying he isn't fast, you can't be fast enough.
0: Yeah, yeah. At the elite level, speed is everything, isn't it? And I'm sure yeah. the the more you move through the ranks you'll you'll see it as well. And we also uh, I know in, in five aside all you need for us is to just inject one better player than the rest and everything starts moving a lot faster. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. it's the same in a, in all levels. I'm sure you're both looking forward then to November twenty fifth. Darren, you're just as confident as, as Emmett that he's gonna pick up a win on Katie Taylor's undercard. I wonder about uh, the main event itself. I want to ask you about both of it. Obviously, Katie Taylor lost last time out for the first time as a professional. Cameron's coming back into the Lions' den. I'm sure she's very confident. She was quite confident before the first fight. I'm sure she's even more confident now. Do you see, Darren, uh, if Katie Taylor has any chance to to flip the result on its head?
1: Nothing would surprise me when it comes to Katie Taylor. She's... Um, I mean, there's too many words for me to be able to describe Katie Taylor. They're all of those regal, high-achieving uh, words. You know, she's a legend. She's every, you know, she is special. Mm. But I, I'm, unfortunately, I can't see her winning the rematch. I think father time waits for nobody. And I think it may have caught up with Katie Taylor. Um... And I felt Chantel Cameron looked very physically strong, vicious, and it's not kind of the opponent you want to be fighting late on in your career. I'm a huge fan of Katie Taylor, and um, I'm I'm in awe of of what she's achieved. Like there are not many people that can say they're they're as fans as much as me. I, like I, honestly, what she's done is incredible, remarkable. Um, but that just feel she's going to come up short. You know, I'm
0: sure it's something. Um, you'd, I'm sure it's something. Maybe her manager and promoter must have tried to talk her out of. But this must be one of those situations where I'm sure you'll discover yourself. The fighter makes the calls, and you just have to facilitate. Really,
1: um, the fighter oh, when knows at, what the fighter wants. Yeah, when you're at that level, she calls the shots. You know, that's why you, when you've had the fights that she's had and won the fights that she's she's won you're you're the boss you're
0: You're close to eddie have you heard like i mean sure like most fans would be thinking like surely katie should be going defending her titles at 135 it's it's nearly a mission impossible i mean it was a difficult task first time out you know to step up a weight category against the reigning undisputed champion and try to beat her okay she fell short in a good fight but it doesn't make too much business sense in a rematch, but obviously it's something Taylor's wanted. Is, is it something that like Eddie would have preferred not to have done or is he happy enough because it's going to sell?
1: I don't think so. I think it will sell. Um, it was a good fight. And if that's the fight Katie wants, that's the fight Katie gets. It's very odd for me because this is one of the problems as well with me being a manager. I'm an ex-fighter and uh, the fire always comes out of me. I'm thinking if that was me, if that's Katie Taylor, I'm fighting Sean to a cameron again. Well, maybe it might not be the wise move, but mm. the fire in me Sam, I've got a I've got a fire again, I've got to try and right that wrong. And um, it's probably not a good <laughs> a good trade as a man being a former fighter in some respect. But um I understand totally where Katie Taylor's come from. I'm sure Emmett would be the same. You know, if you were be beaten by someone, give me another chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to prove everybody wrong, and uh I, you know, I'd be far from shocked if she was to to win. But I just feel of t- Cameron's just getting katie at the right time. Yeah, and um, I
0: suppose maybe uh, to make a case for Taylor being able to win, maybe she's she's fought her now. She is a very intelligent fighter. She's always been a smart fighter as yeah, well as yeah. being athletically uh, gifted so maybe she can maybe make the adjustments in the second fight which wouldn't be the first time she wouldn't be the first fighter we've seen make adjustments yep. in a rematch and win what do you think Emma for the main event obviously you're consumed by your own contest but uh, you know Taylor's
1: in he, tough yeah for me um, I think Shantel Cameron did have one of her best nights of our night of her life in the first fight uh, Taylor he wasn't up to scratch is it a case of just Chantal Cameron is too big. And should they have in the rematch at 135 instead of 140? Obviously, who am I or who's anyone else to tell Katie that? Because as Darren said, she she wanna go back and beat her on the same terms as the force fight. Um I definitely think Katie can right her wrongs and beat her. Exactly how she does that, I don't know, because you've seen the size difference. Um Seen the size difference in the first filly, really. Chantal Cameron was big. Like me and Darren, we went on a walk that morning and we actually seen her. And this was would would have been the day before the weigh in, so we seen Ch- Chantal Cameron. And then we heard, I was like, Jesus, she's actually not that big. And then obviously, she weighed in and rehydrated, and she looked huge on the night. She just looked so much bigger. Um, and so her punches were
0: Kate? impactful as well. Her punches were impactful. Yeah. Like they were, yeah. and they demonstrated.
1: Even, it was like a, a craftsmanship in the ring. Like she was cutting the ring off well. Mm. She wasn't like really allowing any space for Katie to go into. Like she, she boxed really, really well, like intelligent as well. It wasn't just forward pressure. Like there was brains behind what she was doing. She was cutting the ring off. As I said, they're lovely. And when you're that much bigger and you're cutting the ring off, It's so demoralizing and energy zap, and for the smaller person. So I definitely do think Bita is going to have to have the best night of her life. Ultimately, because she's giving away size. She's not giving away skill, but she's giving away size. And size of a 10 rounds in a a very, very fast-paced, because two-minute rounds, in that two-minute fast-paced round, she's going to have to start very well. if you're looking at terms of a game plan, it's literally try win rounds from the start, try bank the first five rounds. Then you just need a round or two. Mm. Um, but look, it's a 50 50 fight. And that's probably why it's, it's so intriguing. That's why there'll, there'll be so many eyes on it. Yeah. Going into most of Katie's fights before the Chantelle Cameron fight, she was a big, big favorite going into this fight. She might be slight underdog, which. I'm not sure what probably has never happened before.
0: Yeah, and and like you, you personally would have a good bit of skin in the game, riding on this defeat, uh, riding on this result as well. Like, I mean, if Katie Taylor wins, she's demonstrated now that she can sell out the three arena. If she fights there once or twice next year as well, and with with Darren's connections with uh, with Matroom. You're looking at more home fights. What, how, like, is it it's a kilometer? Or is it You just like I said, yeah, seeing the videos you running outside the tree arena, a, it doesn't get any closer than that. Like,
1: yeah, it's exactly 1.5 kilometers from the house. So yeah. if you're going A to B, it's it's a kilometer on the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, like, for me, like, I'm running by there most nights and just the inspiration and the motivation that I'm getting. Like, I was running there, lashing out. You've probably seen the video, lashing out there the other night. I was just yeah. doing sprints up and down. And, I oh, was wrecked. I was slipping everywhere. It was, it was a uh, super sore. eyes, but you can't help but be inspired. And obviously, there's a lot riding on this fight now because you want it to happen again next year. Yeah. You want the possibility of Crow Park to happen, whether it's the trilogy with Chantel Cameron or it's a, a rematch with Amanda Serrano, whatever it may be. You want them, um, you want more shows in in Dublin because as I said, the Tree Arena, uh, Darren just at the text, me there. he's having getting built without um the yeah. tree arena is one point five kilometres, Crow Park is four hundred metres. So yeah with that with Darren's connection, not that you're a shoe in figure on the show. First of all you have to win on November twenty fifth because if you get beaten, that's it. Good luck. Good night. You won't be on another show but you put in a great performance on November 25th, the likelihood is if and when Matchroom come back next year, you're going to be on that show. It also opens up doors um, if Matchroom go to New York, if they go to Madison Square Garden, if they go to the Barclays, wherever it may be. Again, with Aaron's connection and my connections in New York, not that I'll be a shoe in to get on one of them shows, but we will have uh, a big, big enough case to go on that. And that's what having this man in your corner does. It's, um, you you know, yourself in boxing, like, do all the hard work yourself. But if you have a man that has the little inside words with Matcham or with Eddie or with Frank Smith or whoever it is, they all add up. And um, they definitely, it's definitely for me, it's such a plus and it's such a motivator to have Darren on my side. Um, and then you go back to earlier on, on the only fighter that he's managing now, that can only hold its weight in gold for me. Yeah, so yeah. if he's going to match him like, look, I'm only I'm only managing everything anymore. I'm not managing mm-hmm. the other three lads. Match room must be saying, well, hold on here. There must be something about this guy. Because the, the other three lads that Darren had, they were all great, great fighters. They are all brilliant lads. But match room must be saying, there must be special something special about this guy. They, s- they weren't as good as they
0: weren't as good as at
1: Microsoft Excel as you were. Exactly. Like, <laughs> they, they, maybe they just weren't. They weren't getting in Darren's hair. it's a
0: be. lot though, it's a lot to manage. And and he obviously his heart's in it with you as well. And and like I mean, with all like with all respect to Darren as well, I wasn't sure at some you know when he was winning the European titles, I wasn't sure when he lost to Maravilla, wasn't sure if he'd get that world title opportunity. But you know connections and his ability to perform when he got his opportunity and he had his moment to win a world title. Like, is it realistic for you to say that you're dreaming of a world title? Is that the dream or is it just to have entertaining fights, you know, entertain your home fans and satisfy yourself? Leave with no regrets. What what are the what? what are the limits of the ambitions or are there no
1: limits? There are no limits. I want to go all the way. So to come back into this sport at age 26 never have to have won a fight in an elite championships and say I'm going to be an Olympian within in the next three or four years is madness. I'd never boxed for Ireland. My first time fighting for Ireland was age 26 and to go and say I'm going to be an Olympian, which would have been in the next three years, obviously with COVID it was the next four years, to even have that in your mindset and to think that was going to happen is madness. So There's no limits on how far I can go. I'm going to go all the the way to the top. Um, And if we don't get there, it's not going to be true a lack of trying. It's not going to be true a lack of going all in. And obviously the steps to get there, it's not as straightforward as getting to the Olympics, as in you win the elite championships, you get a chance at international, you go to the European qualifiers and you qualify. Mm. Professional boxing is a business. Again, we have that in there on saw side so that's going to make the road a little bit straighter. Yeah, your job easier. is to
0: stay stay active, stay ready, and his is to make the right connections at the right times and, you know, have a word in the right ear, and suddenly you could get a shot at 11-0, 12-0. So, you know, you don't know, like...
1: Yeah, and not only that, like, so seeing so many people with bags and bags of talent wouldn't cut it in, in the pro game, maybe that mindset wasn't right, Maybe they didn't have the likes of Darren on side. Maybe they didn't have a big enough profile. But technically, unbelievable. So you need a mix of absolutely everything. So you've also seen the other side of the coin where people that are dog shit get chances. Yeah. Just purely on good management, good profile, people talking about them. So the pro game is a business. It's about playing the business right and winning along the way. Once you keep on winning, the chances are going to open. The doors are going to open. Yeah, you know
0: your boxing history. Do you know of any world champions who won their title for the first time in their 30s? Got...
1: <laughs>
0: did he? <laughs> you probably did, didn't
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I must, I must far... check. Barker would have 42... Yeah, he's 42. I think he won it 10 years ago this year. There you go. That's
0: a good one. I was going to say uh, Sonny Liston. Rocky Marciano and Katie Taylor. There's three of you.
1: There you go. And I think Katie went pro at 32. Look, completely different. As She was a, a trailblazer when she went. But he is to explore. It's not like you get to 32 and you're finished. It's not. Look, boxing is changing. We talked about the game just there. Just the whole social media thing, the landscape of boxing. It's changing sport in general is changing you can get fitter later in, later into 30s, into whatever whatever age once you're living the correct lifestyle you're doing the right things you're adding to your game you're meeting the right people doors will open and um, it's just so for me now to continue winning that's the main thing
0: and you uh get to where you want to get while you're based in ireland i know you you've made boxing your business you know you've established a fighter gym isn't it and, yeah you know you're Boxing is, is, you're not just a professional boxer, you know, you're training people in the community, you know, you're, you're, you're busy in boxing, but can you make your goals come true
1: while being based in Ireland? Um, we will have to see, um, if Katie Taylor does the business on November 25th, because again, that will open a lot more opportunities. You would imagine next year there's going to be a lot more shows. I think this year is the most shows we've had in... Been a lot, yeah. Yes. Prob- probably ever. I don't know. There's, there's been over 10 shows. And a, anyway, good, so a good spread
0: around the country
1: anyway between... From Cork yeah, to Waterford.
0: Cork, Waterford, Galway and Donegal are going to have shows as well as, um, you know, Belfast and Dublin. I don't remember it in the last 20 years being that good yeah, and in terms good, of geog- good quality spread.
1: shows as well. quality shows. So, um, for me, it's about getting up the rankings. For us. so we will decide at the four or five fights. If we get that fight in New York and we do really, really well, ticket wise over there, yeah, you, you definitely have to explore that. Because I talked earlier on to you that um, I was I'm not prepared to give up on that American dream. Um,
0: You're like the lads in the WhatsApp group. You're mad to get back to New York. We're all mad to get back yeah. there for a few fights as well. You're mad to get back.
1: Like. I've seen, like, I've met the people over there, and I, I just know, like, Burgo
0: McCrory's over there e- eating your dinner right now.
1: There you go, he's over there eating your dinner. I, I gotta get that back. Like, it's, <laughs> I just, there's such, the last person that done it was the likes of James Moore and John Doody, and they're the last real people that done it. There hasn't been anyone there really since like 2008, 2009, 2010 that has been living and working and being in and around the whole Irish community. So with the connections that I have over there, with Darren, and um, with the connections that Darren has, I think it would be very, very stupid not to explore them. But they got the win on November 25th, that matters. It's all about winning the next fight. It's about get winning in good fashion, getting the 2 and 0 getting a Celtic title, getting an Irish title, you could go over to New York next March and be Celtic and Irish champion. That would really sit well within the Irish community over there. itself. have you've, you've been there, you've drank there, you know, because it's not like the people are in London where they can jump on a Ryanair flight for 20 euros and be home within an hour. These lads and girls are seven, eight hours, eight, eight to nine hundred dollars away, away from Dublin, away from Ireland in general. Um They really want to cling on to something and I'm going to explore that. Not that I'm going to try to explore it. I'm going to explore it. (laughs) Winner winner, Barker. (laughs) Well, no, Barker's going to be there and he's going to help me explore it. It's going to happen. Um, As I said, know what I want. Work relentlessly hard to get what I want. This is showing me getting on this fight and as well, you talked in the in the lead up to this to the podcast that this is a huge fight on that card. This is a massive fight. This is the only real Irish fight on the card. I know John Cooney is on him, but I think he could be English or Irish descent. If I'm a hundred percent right, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So this is the ba- two. based
0: here, John, isn't he? Like he's, yeah, you know, he's, he's representing. Here. I
1: think yeah. So,
0: but I know what you mean. This, this is this is the high pro- yeah. this is a high profile fight. Yeah, it's a big the Irish. Two fight.
1: lads have lived and we braved here and. He comes from Limerick. I come from Dublin. So if I have a big crowd and he a big crowd, it's going to be one of the only fights where the crowd is going back and forth. And I think you were at the Serrano fight. Were you Serrano and Katie Taylor? I wish no, I was. No, well, no, I didn't. Well, you've call. seen on, on Teddy. I was at that fight and I've seen the back and forth atmosphere. It was electric. It literally went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it was a war. I think myself against Jamie Morrissey it's events you're going to meet in the middle and it's going to be a war. Only yes. going to come out on top but the crowd is going to love it and it would be, I can't say it's going to be a mistake from Matthew because that'd be naive of me to say but I think it would make a lot of sense for that to probably open the main card. I'll be the last for you in the prelims um, and that's where Darren's going to come in handy.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he can talk to the TV as well as the promotional crowd and yeah, uh, yeah look, I mean, people will people will get to see it anyway, I'm sure on YouTube if it's on but before the bell is that right or if it's not on the zone Before
1: the bell, but like as I said, we're building up it's an all Irish free, yeah but in, the, in well, look, the it and it goes
0: on the it goes onto the zone it goes behind the paywall it goes on to youtube it's free, so I'm sure either way yeah. you're gonna be fighting at the tree arena close to your house and uh yeah, it should be a great occasion for uh for Irish boxer fans I'm really looking forward to it we've had. Jamie on as a previous guest, I'm sure you don't want to hear it right now, but really and en- really engage. I fell. I love a story in the fight game as well, so
1: he's yeah, it should be a great, it should be a great fight and have a good story. Like we mm. both back ourselves, we both believe 100 percent that we're going to win this fight. Um, I just think it's going to meet in the middle and it's going to be fireworks. I've seen his fights against Kevin Cronin. He talked. I was on the podcast from yesterday. and He talked about he can make a long range. I've seen the fight with Kevin Cronin when push comes to shove, he's a mighty fighter, he's a warrior at heart, it's going to meet in the middle and it's going to be toe-to-toe. And if I'm going by previous fights, I'm the only person that's coming out on top.
0: Well, look, best of luck with that and best of luck to you. Best of luck to you and best of luck to Jamie in uh, what should be a sparkling contest at the 3 Arena. And uh, look, I want to send on my regards as well to Darren for joining us for most of that podcast. He got cut off at the end, but... Uh, yeah, I appreciate his, uh, him coming on as well. So, look, Emmett Brennan, this has been The Rocky Road. Uh, thanks, thanks, Evan, for listening and uh, join us again next week.
1: Appreciate back, Evan. Thanks very much.
0: Planning for your next trip?